welcome to this next edition of Cebracast, and I'm absolutely delighted that Beth Powney is with me, and we're going to be chatting um, about something that we hope to do, and a conversation that we'd love to develop in the new year around women in ministry. Uh, hi, Beth. How are you doing? Hi, Joff. I'm really well, thank you, and it's a real pleasure to be here. It's great to have you on the podcast, but it's also it's great to have you in Seba because you're now in Seba. Because oh yes, I came across the border, which was a big step because you've been in Eastern Baptist Association for many years in different ways. Uh, yes, although I did have a quick nine-year uh, visit to the CBA actually. Um, oh, okay. Yes, you were in the CBA. Yeah, before returning to the EBA when I became regional minister. And then I left that behind and uh, I've moved down down south to the beauties of East Sussex. So, Beth, we've been having a conversation a little bit about how we can support women in ministry better here in Seba. And we know that you've done a piece of work in Eastern Baptist Association when you were the team leader there. So we're going to chat a little bit about that in a moment or two. But it'd be great to get to know you a little bit. Now, I know you and I know Stephen because we go back some distance we may touch on that in a moment or two uh, but just tell us a little bit about you know your family and your friends or your context at this point in time yeah sure so yes I'm married to Stephen and um, between us we have three children and um, they live in East Sussex our daughter which is why we're down here uh, Emma is married to Ed and lives in Battle and then our sons live in Berkshire so um, we had to pick somewhere to live and we decided to head for East Sussex. Um, between these children, we have seven grandchildren who range from 24 to two. Now, I'd need to quickly say that uh, the 24 and 21 year old are step grandchildren. Either that or I'm wearing really well, but I'm not actually old enough to be their grandmother in a biological sense. Um, and so retirement is great in so much as we've been able to go to you know carol concerts and and give lifts to grandchildren and just be there in a way that when you're in ministry or working in any job you actually can't do that so that's been one of the delights of moving down here being closer to family um so yeah Stephen is also retired sort of but you know <laughs> he finds lots of jobs to do i tell him he's not really retired um, and we're we're trying to work out what it is to um, live this different sort of life, but enjoying it so far. I, just, I always love meeting up with you and seeing you because we do go back um, well a few years now, a couple of decades, I think. Uh, yes. um, and actually, probably knew each other a little bit before you actually came into ministry. But then you joined Visa V when I was at Visa V. But what were you yeah. doing before you began ministry? Oh, yes. So when I left school, I trained as an occupational therapist. So I worked in the health service, um, had a break when I had my children, but went back when they were in junior school. And so I was an occupational therapist working in care of the elderly in the dear old NHS. So it holds quite a strong place in my heart. And then from there, God called me to come and work for Visa V Ministries. And mm -hmm. I believe, Joss, you were on the interview panel. Oh, I think I was. Yeah. <laughs> or if I wasn't, I like to claim that I was. <laughs> well, I think you probably were. Yeah. And so I joined Visa V to run their gap year program, which was about um, placing 18 to 25 year olds uh, to work 
in churches to help churches with their children and youth work, as well as looking after the volunteers that worked with the evangelism team. And I have to say it was probably the most fun I've ever had mm. in any job. Um, I think I delighted working with that age group and seeing them grow and mature as people and in their faith. And I learned such a lot from them. And I learned such a lot interacting with a whole range of different churches and different denominations as well, which as it turned out, stood me in good stead for where God took me next. <laughs> yeah. But you don't know what God's got in, in store, do you? So my to my understanding, so you came on board at vis a vis. Then then I was kind of on my way out into Baptist ministry, um, and then you you eventually took took on my old job. I think in terms of I don't, director of training or whatever. Yeah, whatever. that's true. I did. Yeah, um, I did end up part of the leadership of of vis and looking at the wider training needs of the organisation and things like that. And then God rattled my cage and. Um, dropped a bomb really in suggesting that I moved into pastoral ordained ministry and one of the reasons that was such a bomb in my life was that um, we were members of a church that didn't believe in women being ordained or preaching or being an elder so for God to say to me you know you ought to train as a Baptist minister um, I think I probably said to God something on the lines you're having a laugh um, because how could that be? How could that happen? Mm. Um, but a very excellent regional minister called Sheila Martin, who many people would <laughs> remember, yeah. um, was incredibly supportive in that process and helped uh, us navigate a way through being called into ministry when the church I was a member of didn't believe I could be. Um, yeah. So it was a, a tricky time, but one which... We felt held by God, and I, I just knew where God was leading me. So it felt like, well, it's going to happen somehow. I just don't know quite how. Um, so yeah, that all happened in the end. So you, you went into Baptist ministry. Where, where was your first ministry? So I was in pastoral ministry in Sandy in Bedfordshire. That's right. Yeah. Which was my trip into the CBA, um, yeah. and actually the only church that I ran. Yeah. And um, then from there, my my dear daughter who again is a mutual friend of ours, isn't she? Mm. Well, my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> um, she sent me um, a link to the advert for the regional minister team leader role in the EBA. And she said, this reads like you, mum. And I thought, oh, bother. Mm. Um, because I thought, oh, I think you're right. So although I didn't feel remotely qualified, in fact, I felt like the most enormous imposter, um, I didn't feel I had any choice other than to apply and see what would happen, not actually expecting to get appointed. Um, so my response when they did offer me the job was, oh, no, um, because it was such a shock to my system. <laughs> and the, the moderator of trustees said, you do still want this job, don't you? And oh, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. My, my oh, no was you can't be serious it's a lot easier when people say no we don't want you isn't it you kind of go okay well i was expecting that yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that happened in um well I, I began the role in 2017 is when i took up the role of regional minister yeah. team leader over in the eastern baptist association 
So when you, when you were in Eastern Baptist Association, um, you recognised that you know often women don't get supported in the same way, and the opportunities for them to develop and grow perhaps aren't the same um, as as men. Uh, just, do you want to tell us a little bit about you know how you perceived that, saw that, and and what you did about it? Um, yes, there's kind of two two aspects um, to to this story. One was on the very basic level of, well, let's look at the female ministers um, that we have in the EBA and how can we gather them together and just encourage them and make sure that they feel valued. Um, so that, if, if you like, on a basic level, was one aspect of being very intentional about trying to maintain contact with our, our women ministers. And over the time I was there, Certainly the number of women ministers we had grew quite significantly, which was very exciting. But in addition to that, I had one of these light bulb moments after I first met Jane Day, you know, the centenary enablement worker. Anyway, it's one of those odd titles, isn't it? But Jane Day, who does a great job. The first time we met in a cafe just outside Cambridge Station, we were talking about the fact that in the regional minister team leader group, I was the only woman across regional mm. ministry. Generally, there were very few women. There were about half a dozen. Um, and how could this change? And as I left and was travelling back by train, I thought about another conversation I'd had where I had heard about the fact that the Anglican Church had intentionally run a programme to develop their women priests prior to the agreement to have women bishops going through synod because they knew once it went through they needed to take action quickly but they were very intentional about what they did so that then I think there was a holy spirit moment in this because then there was this nudge of well in about two years I knew of about five regional minister ministers or even team leaders who were retiring probably and I thought we have a two year window to do something to really help our women ministers think that they can stand up and be counted yeah. to for them to think, yes, I could go for that, whether they get it or not. The first thing is actually thinking you could go for it. So I then spoke with colleagues, Phil Barnard and Jeff Colmer in neighboring associations and said, how would you feel if we put together Jane and I, some kind of programme for women ministers who we perhaps see more, I don't know, wider leadership potential in. And run it for two years and see what happens. So cut a long story short, that's what we did. Um, just at the beginning of lockdown, actually. We right. gathered together yeah. 15 <laughs> women ministers. We met once in the LBA offices in person, week before lockdown listened to what they felt they needed, listened to some of their story. And then Jane and I went away and thought about what we could offer. So we proceeded to meet every other month on Zoom, mostly, as it turned out, which had pros and cons, to be honest. Um, and within that meeting, we would invite a key female leader to come and share their journey and speak perhaps about something in particular on their heart or their specialism, if you like. And then 
everybody had a chance to ask questions. So this was a whole range of people. Um, Lynn Green, Bishop of London. She's not the Bishop of London. Sorry, that made it sound like she was. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, leader of large church, Kate Coleman, Hayley Young. People yes. that had different journeys and were doing different things that could bring different flavours. Um, we called this programme Magnify You. And it had a huge impact on just how these women grew in their understanding of who God had made them and what God could possibly want to do with them. Mm. I wasn't bothered whether they became regional ministers or whatever they did. What, what matters to me, my DNA, which is partly why I enjoyed the vis-a-vis -vis job so much, is to see people grow and develop in their faith, in who they are and to fulfill their potential yeah. so that's what mattered to me any jobs they might then take on was a byproduct mm. but the byproduct of these 15 women was five of them are now regional ministers yeah and one of them is running a large church and that is a huge glass ceiling for women i'd say it's actually harder for a woman to be called to run a large church externally not from within um than it is for a woman to be a regional minister since moving to seba you know you and i've had a couple of conversations where we've just been thinking or well, certainly with me moving to seba i felt that we need to do more for women in ministry in in our association but what does that look like and it's been great to have you on board to start a conversation about what does that look like? And we're not suggesting that we've got a programme in mind, particularly at this point in time. All, we think, all we're thinking is that a good conversation amongst the association, amongst women in ministry particularly, is going to be really helpful. And you very willingly um, volunteered to facilitate that for us. Um, so tell us a little bit. Just, I, mean, I know we haven't got a programme, but what, what, what's your thinking? How do you think that may, may work? I think the, the place to start is to to gather together and have a conversation. So the place we started with the women that we, we've worked with, with the CBA and LBA was to, and EBA, was to sit down and listen and say, what do you think you need? Hmm. And I think it's the same place. That's where you start. Um, the opportunity that the Minister's Conference brings is great because you can get more people together in one place easily you know this association is really spread out like the eba was um and so you know to be able to sit down over a cup of tea or coffee and just chat with women ministers that might be at the conference would be a fantastic opportunity to say how can we how can i with the help of the association encourage you um help you grow in your skills help you to develop there isn't a program in mind if actually some of what I did before does seem to be helpful, well, that's what we can do. But if it's something else, then we'll look into how we can do that. Um, it's not like we have we have this box that you've got to come and fit into. It's who are you and what do you need and how can we make that happen? And you very kindly booked yourself onto the conference. Ah. So you're going to be there. <laughs> I am going to be there. I'm even staying overnight even though it's only half an hour away. I think that's real sacrifice. That's sacrifice, that is, <laughs> yes, that is sacrifice. And um, 
Um, but what we're going to do is actually release some space in the programme to ensure that, there's a, that there is space and a time when uh, you and w- women in ministry can gather together uh, and can be, just begin that conversation. It won't be the end of it by any means, but it'll be the start. No, yeah. Um, you know, I would hope moving forward that perhaps we have two or three meetings across the association to gather the women ministers together because obviously not everyone's going to get to the conference. So, you know, perhaps moving forward, that's something we could do. But um, the conference is where it can start, isn't it? So, Beth, I mean, we're delighted that uh, you're willing to journey. Where, whatever this journey looks like, we're not sure what it will look like, but we, we know we need to go on that journey. So we're delighted that uh, I think your precious gift to us, really, that uh, not not only do we know each other, which is great, and we can trust each other as we journey through that, but we can. Um, but also, you're here with all that experience that God has now given you, uh, which is fantastic, and uh, wanting to help serve the association in this way. Yeah, I think I think it should be exciting, shouldn't it? I hope, yeah, very much so. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Well, th- thank thank you, Beth, for uh, chatting to us and uh, telling us a little bit about that. And we look forward to the Minister's Conference. So if you want to be part of that, please book on to the Minister's Conference. It gives you an opportunity to meet up with Beth over coffee, tea, but also a more intentional conversation at the conference. And then we'll pick up that conversation. If you can't be there for some reason, but want to just connect with Beth, we're going to put the best details in the um in the blurb underneath this so you can find her email address and make contact with her uh, as well i think that will be absolutely fine bless you thank you beth thank you Just going to say something really wise in a second. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing wise left to say. No. <laughs> in that case, I will stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>